Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to spend with you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that would be here with us today, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak to them in your own special way, O oh Lord. Only you know the needs, the desires, and the aspirations for every single listener that is here today. Touch them and speak to them that they may come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God again. I say welcome to Genesis 1, and as this Christmas season approaches us and everything, and uh, uh, I, you know, I won't over, you know, over talk about the, uh, that old cliched, you know, phrase, if you will, it's almost become cliche, but that Jesus is the reason for the season. Yes, that is true, you know, but sometimes we spout that so easily off of our lips and we don't stop to really think about in depth what the season really, really means. You know, we, we kind of all get caught up in, myself included, in, in the shopping and the festivities planning uh, for Christmas and everything, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, putting out decorations in front of the house, inside the house and so forth. And uh, we prepare for, for, we do our shopping and, and we're preparing for the family and friend, gathering of friends, you know, on Christmas Day and maybe Christmas Eve and so forth, which is, which is, which is a wonderful thing, you know, believe me, I totally enjoy that, you know, but, but we need to really think about um, what Christmas really, really means, you know, because the birth of Jesus Christ was just the beginning, okay, it was just the beginning, amen, and, uh, and I'm not going to give a, 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 a Christmas message um, in terms of, you know, the, the Christmas story, quote-unquote, as it's, uh, as it's uh, referred to, um, you know, we, we know the, the birth of Jesus and uh, in the manger and how it came about, the, the celebration of the angels and so forth. But I really want to get a little deep, more deeper in to what Christmas is all about, because why Christmas? You know, you know, why? What, what is the reason for it? You know, and, and the birth of Jesus was just the beginning. His Jesus' impact on mankind, you know, it, it actually rippled through the ages. Jesus' birth rippled through the ages and continues to, to impact us today, you know, in, all over the entire world. Many people do not recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or the Son of God, but whether they realize it or not, the birth of Jesus Christ impacted all of mankind from the time, from the time that he was born up until this very day. Amen. Amen. And that's what we need to think about when we when we talk about and think about why Christmas, why Christmas. Okay. Okay. It, it, Jesus' birth um, winds up impacting us because it gives us victory in our lives today. You know, we have the ability to achieve victory in our lives, to be victorious, to be the head and not the tail, to be the victor, not the vanquished, you know, because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. Amen. But, but where, where did it all start? You know, that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. Okay. Now I, I don't mean where did it start from man's earthly history. You know, I mean, you can get to a point in time, you know, when he was born and so forth, but I'm talking about from, from the real history. You know, from God's spiritual realm, from God's kingdom. You know, what? Why was Jesus born, and what did God have in mind? You know, when when He decided to send His only begotten Son to this earth to be born in human earthly form. You know, what did God?
God had in mind? What was God's plan? Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that long before the world began, God had a plan to bring redemption through Jesus to all those, to all of those who would choose to believe and to follow him, you know, and we see that in 1 Peter 1, 19. As a matter of fact, why don't we go there? Why don't we go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, and we want to do verse number 19. But with the precious blood of, of, uh, of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Okay, so we see there that it was foreordained in verse 20. It was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Amen. So God had this plan, you know, before the world was even created because God, of course, knows where things are going to go. God knew that we, you know, the, 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 his, his ultimate creation, the creation of man, that when he put man on this earth, starting from the time of the garden, he knew that man was going to need, was going to need a savior. Amen. God in his infinite wisdom knew that he, that, that, that we would need to be set free. Okay. Even though he created us, he created us. He knew that we would need to be set free. God created us as free. God created us as free, but then came the fall. Okay. Which put us into bondage, put us into sin. Okay. So God knew that we would need to be set free. So before the foundation, God being who he is, God being God, knew that we would have to have a redeemer, someone to set us free. And so he, he, he knew that the only way to do that was to send his only begotten son and that we would be able to receive forgiveness through him, you know, through Jesus Christ. And that's what John 3.16 is about. And if we just go there uh, real quickly, John 3.16 John 3, 16, and you know the scripture, whoops, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, okay? God so loved the world, he so loved you, even before you were born, okay? even before you were born, he so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him, in Jesus, should, should not perish, but have everlasting life, okay? So God, again, he had this plan. He knew what he was going to have to do in order to save us, in order to redeem us, to bring us back to the point of salvation, amen? And that now, now, all of this, you know, we, we have some, some uh, indications in the Bible where all of this started and why, again, why God knew that we would need someone to save us because it began eons ago at some unknown point in, in, in the past there where it started right there in heaven. So let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. And we want to go to verse chapter 14. Isaiah 14 and verse number 12. Amen. Isaiah 14, verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, of course, Lucifer is Satan's original name, okay, when he was in heaven, okay? That was his name. He was one of the angels, okay? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, this was his sin, this was Lucifer's sin, 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. There it goes, that will thing, I will. Satan's will, Lucifer's will, his will. This is him saying, I will ascend into heaven. I will underline those wills, by, by the way. I will underline. I will underline, exalt my throne above the stars of God. Here he is again, okay? This is Lucifer. He's all puffed up now. He's just saying, I am going to become better than God. I'm going to take over God, God's, God's, God's position. I will underline, sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Underline those wills. I will, okay? This is Satan's will and whatnot. He was determined that he was going to become God, that he was going to become more important. Five times he actually said in the scriptures that I will, I will, I will, I will. And this is what got, he was so puffed up in his beauty. The, the uh, other scriptures there talk about Lucifer and how he was, you know, so beautiful with pipes in his throat and so on like that. And, and, and so therefore he had this thing in his heart that he wanted to become greater than God. He wanted to, to, to replace God. This was his will. Okay. You see, you see, and this is where we get into trouble too, where our wills become greater than God's for our lives. Okay. Many times we have things that are going on in our lives and, and, and we get to the point that we, we want some results and so forth, but many times we fall back on what we will to do, what we choose to do instead of just going by and acquiescing and giving in and saying, okay, God, you take the helm. I cannot do do this. Oh Lord, you just come on and take over. I, I will do whatever you will for me to do. Amen. Amen. But, but what Lucifer was doing here, he was saying that this is my will. This is what I want to be, want, want to do. This was the beginning of sin. Okay. In the universe, this is where it started. This is where it started. Okay. Okay. So it all goes back in time to where the devil himself said that he was going to rebel. Okay, and as we, we know the rest of the story from there, he was cast out, and he actually had a third of the angelic host, the Bible says, a third of, of the angelic host, host following him, okay, and they got cast out with him, okay, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, speaking of, of, of following uh, uh, in this day and time and with what is going on in this country and, and around the country of the cities and, and the world and so forth like that, we need to be careful who we are following too, amen, because those that are going against God, they will be cast cast down. They will be cast down the same way Lucifer was cast down. Okay. He got a third of the angelic host. Okay. You see, God gave the angels just like us. We have free will. We have free will. We can choose whether we want to follow God or to follow those other people that are on this planet that are telling us all sorts of things that we should be doing. Many things that they, they are saying we should be doing, which is obviously so contrary to the word of God. Amen. But in this day and age, it becomes so popular to want to be accepted. So therefore, we wind up following uh, whatever the so-called, so quote-unquote, majority is doing. Okay. And I tell you the truth, you know, it may, may be, I don't know whether it's the majority or the minority. I hope it's the majority of people that choose to follow God. Okay. Okay. We will be the ones that will indeed win out. Amen. So don't go, you know, because you live in a neighborhood or in a community or in a state, you know, which is all following one particular direction because, you know, the, the head of that state or that county or that, that, that community, you know, is going in a particular direction, which could be very, very much a counter to what God would have us to do in our lives. Don't be so quick to follow them. Amen. A third of the angelic host decided to follow Lucifer and they wound up getting cast out of heaven also. Okay. They fell. They fell. You see. So, so God knew from the beginning of time that, that uh, 
man was going to, to leave a, a, to need a redeemer and to be saved, okay? So the, the sin, the sin that started in the universe was right there with the rebellion of Lucifer, rebellion of Lucifer, okay? And now being cast down and everything, we see where sin enters man. And if you go to Genesis chapter 3, if you go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, and you know these scriptures here, but we're going to, going to go through them because I want you to see the sequence of events. Okay, Lucifer started the rebellion in heaven. That's where sin started in the universe. And then he was cast down, and then he's here on earth. And then what does he do here on earth? Verse number 1, Genesis 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse number four says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Now this is this is Satan, who is now Satan, okay, who is, is taking on the form of the serpent, and he's talking to this woman, and he's saying that you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and and he did eat, and he did eat. Okay, so again they followed along, along with, with the with the goading of the devil here of this of, of Satan. Now you know, saying, "Don't worry about it. You can eat of it. God just doesn't want you to be wise. Doesn't want want you to be be like him." And everything. But Eve knew very 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 well what God had said. She heard God say, "Don't eat of it." Okay, you know very well what God is telling you to do, especially if you're a born again, blood washed child of God. You know what Holy Spirit is telling you deep within your spirit when you are about to make a slip and, and stumble and going into do something that you're not supposed to be doing okay so don't let satan say to you that oh it's okay it's okay to go and do that okay because if you're a child of god and i'm praying if you're not a child of god that through you hearing these messages and whatnot that you are, are, are getting to the point that you want to give yourself to jesus christ that you want to accept jesus christ as lord and savior so that he can redeem you and save you okay you get to the point that you know what the word of god is saying but don't let i will i will i will i will pop up in your heart so that you wind up doing what you want to do and then with the devil there whispering in your ear it's okay it's okay it's okay you know that you wind up falling and stumbling amen amen so again god's plan god knew that we would have to be redeemed and saved okay therefore therefore i'm going to send my only begotten son and this is why jesus birth this christmas time celebration that we do is so important okay it's so important it's so important to understand why jesus was was uh, was born why he was here why we actually celebrate the christmas uh, christmas you see so we see here that this is where sin entered man where sin came into the earthly realm okay through adam and eve listening to the devil okay and 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 like i said this was all a part of god's plan and so obviously god gave these um uh, uh back this background information uh to men to prophets as they were writing the word and we see that if we go to the book of isaiah we see where the birth of Jesus was prophesied, go to the book of Isaiah, and we want to go to Isaiah 7 and verse number 14, okay, this is Isaiah, 
Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Therefore, the, this is Isaiah speaking. Therefore, the Lord himself shall also shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, there was prophesied. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, now Emmanuel means God with us. Okay, that's what it translates as God with us. Okay, and it says that the Lord who gives a, a virgin shall conceive. All right, so now we and I know we know the uh, the the story of, of Jesus' birth. Okay, involves Mary, who was indeed a virgin. Okay, the angel came and told her that Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her and she would become pregnant and so forth. And she hadn't known a man before. She was indeed a, a virgin. The angel told her how God considers her to be blessed, a blessed woman and so forth. All right, so we, we know those circumstances. But it was prophesied way back then, the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, so again, God's plan was to bring Jesus into this world, his son, who is God, one of the Godhead, a spirit being, into the physical realm of mankind. He was going to do it through the, through the earthly way, through a human woman. This was all a part of God's plan. And this is how it became to be known as Christmas. Because this is what happened. Amen. Amen. But it wasn't just a, a whim by God. He had a plan. Okay. And it was prophesied way before it actually happened. Okay. And we see that Jesus, as he was born and, and went into ministry and so forth, we see more that when we go to, to Matthew uh, 1. Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, and we want to start with 1 and 2, okay, where we see now, this is kind of a, 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 an earthly accounting of Jesus, okay, we know that he was born through a human being, Mary, okay, it says in Matthew 1, 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, okay, the son of Abraham, Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And then the following scriptures, they all, all go through all of these begats, okay, all of the people that were born, okay, and I, I'm not going to go through every single one, but we see that if you jump down to verse number 16, okay, you got all of these begats, which is, which is the lineage before Jesus. It says, from Abraham, and it says, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. All right. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. All right. All the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon, Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Okay, so this is tracing the lineage. This is where you begin to see um, uh, how something that is very, very deep and spiritual in the mind of God, God's plan, how God so skillfully inserted it into the earth realm where mankind is when mankind fell because of, of uh, Satan, okay, okay, how God so skillfully, but, and he wanted Jesus to be born through a certain lineage, and so starting with Abraham, because, you know, Abraham, quote-unquote, was a friend of God, 
He was a righteous man. And through the lineage, on down through David, you see that Jesus Christ was born from that line. Okay, okay. So God had a purpose there. He wanted his son to be thoroughbred, if you will, if that's an appropriate word, word to use here, a pedigree of a certain pedigree, if you will. But he had a very, very imp impressive background. Verse 20, so all the generations from Abraham to David, King David, are 14 generations. From David until the carrying away into Babylon is 14 generations. And then from the carrying away into Babylon until Christ was born are 14 generations. And then those scriptures go on to say, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, when as uh, his mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Okay. And we know, we know the Christmas story from there. Okay. But again, today's message here is for you to understand how, 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 how this plan by God was crafted, okay, to save mankind. I want you to understand today how God's plan, way back in, in some unknown distant past, his plan, his plan was to prepare his son to come to this earth for you, okay? Okay? God's plan was to send his son to come to this earth for you. So this Christmas time, you think about why Christmas, you know, just think about it. God's, God's, God's plan, you, you know, way back then, before I was even a twinkle in my parents' eye, so to speak, before I was born, God had a plan that would save you, give you the opportunity to come to him, to give you a savior, amen, amen, to, 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 to die on the cross, to, to make the way, to pave the way so you could dwell eternity in heaven and not be damned to the pit of hell, okay, okay, okay. This is why Christmas is. Amen. Amen. This is why, because Christmas was in the mind of God. I would say God is the master planner. He's the master planner. He knows everything that needs to be done. And he thought about it way before any of us, you know, could even, even be talking about this. You know, we're here talking today. I'm reading scripture. You're reading scripture. You're listening to this message. God had this plan way, 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 way back. Amen. This is why Christmas is. Amen. Amen. So we have to see God's reason. We have to understand what the what the mind of God is going through, how he thinks. You know, and God isn't hiding this from us. You know, God wants us to know his thoughts towards us. God wants us to know what his plan is for us. He wants you to really get it sunk into your brain that 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 way before you were even born, before your parents were born, your parents' parents were on back in, in your whole family line, God had a plan for you. Amen. Amen. And that was to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Okay. And then Jesus goes into his ministry. And then uh, well, we see that later on, the events that ensued. If you go to John chapter 6, book of John chapter 6, and we want to start with Jesus with our verse number 30. Okay. And now we see that, you know, after, of course, we know that Jesus, uh, uh, um, he, as he grew, he went into ministry and so forth like that and started spreading the gospel. Gospel means good news. Okay. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this, to this earth as a, he was kind of a maverick. Okay. He was kind of a maverick because he came in, he upset, he upset the religious, quote unquote, the religious, uh, uh, view of, of the day. Okay, the Jews, the Pharaohs, the Sadducees and whatnot, they had their own concept of God. And when, when Jesus arrived on the scene, they were like, wow, what are some of the things he's talking about? Okay, of course, people started believing, but many, many times Jesus met a lot of opposition. 
they questioned him and challenged him on every single front just about, you know, you know, he, and, and so but Jesus was here. He said, you know, you know, God had this plan. I'm going to send my son here and my son is, is, is going to, to, to tell you of me, the father. My son is going to tell you of me. God said, my son is going to go there. He's going to minister to you. He's going to tell you the truth. Okay, because what mankind was doing, he was far from being the truth. Even those that were considered to be religious was far from God's mind of what worshiping him was all about. Okay, so Jesus came here to teach about about real faith, about what, what it means to have faith in God and what it means to trust in God and to trust in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we see him ministering and as his word starts going out. So we see him in verse number 30. They said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest you then? that we may see and believe. What dost thou work? Okay, so here we here we go again. They're looking for proof. They want a sign. Okay? okay, we sometimes get like that too. We have issues in our lives going on and we're praying to God and we're saying to God, Jesus, give me a sign, give me a sign so that I can believe. Now, give me a sign so that I can believe is different from you saying to God, God, give me a sign so that I can go ahead and make sure I'm making the right step. Where you're looking for confirmation and you may be asking God to give you a sign to let you know you're doing the right thing and you're making the right, the right decision. That's different. That's different from you saying, give me a sign so that I can believe. Amen. That's what they were saying. In other words, I see Jesus, you doing certain things and you're saying something, but give me a sign so that I can believe, okay, that we may see and believe thee. What does thy work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat, okay? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, remember what I always say. You see the words verily, verily in scripture. That means that's kind of like saying, okay, you know, hang on now because here comes a dynamite word for you. Okay. So when you see verily, verily written, written, you know, it's almost like if you're standing up, sit down and be prepared to take this in because the Lord is about to drop something dynamite on you. Okay. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the word world. Wow. What is he saying? Moses, because remember, remember they said our fathers did eat man in the desert. It's talking about the wilderness uh, journey. Okay. Our fathers did eat man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay. And Jesus said, very, very, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life into the world. Okay, now he's giving them some dynamite insights here. Okay, he's saying that the bread, the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Wow. Wow. What a pronouncement. I, I, I am that bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. All right, all right, all right. If you're hungry and you're thirsty right now, and that hunger and thirst could be manifesting itself in your life by terms of want, by time, by, in terms of lack. Okay, it could be that hunger and that thirst may be manifesting in your life in terms of lack of finances or health issues, family matters, your children are driving you nuts because they're going haywire. You know, that, that, that thirst and that hunger is, are those things in your life that, that, that you're yearning to be corrected right now. 
Amen. 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 So Jesus is saying, I am that bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. You want to stop being hungry? You think about coming to Jesus Christ. You think about being, being, uh, uh, having Jesus in your life. You're thirsty. You think about, think about wanting to know the word of God, wanting to hear more of Jesus' word. Amen. Verse 36 goes on to say, but I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. You also have seen me and believe not. Okay. All right. Those of us who are born again believers, you know, even though we have not physically seen Jesus, most of us have not physically seen Jesus. Okay. Where it says, I say to you that you have also seen him, believe not. You know of Jesus in your life. You've experienced Jesus in your life, maybe in your church or through church or someone else that you know. You've seen and you've tasted the, you know, the presence of God and what Jesus can do in your life. But yes, so you don't believe for some reason. You don't believe. For some reason, you're holding off on just jumping in with two feet and just saying, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I believe you. I will trust you with everything that's in my life. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that, that, that you have seen me, but to believe not. In 37, he goes on to say, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out or in no way will I cast him out. If you've come to Jesus, he will no way cast you out. Okay, all right. You are guaranteed to be in His arms on through into eternity. Amen. 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 And then he, he goes on to say, um, uh, "For I came down, verse thirty-eight. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me." Okay. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he went to pray. It is right before he was arrested to be crucified. Okay. He prayed that garden in uh, at the Geth Gethsemane. And he went off by himself. You know, he told Peter and them to, to watch and so forth. They went to sleep. But anyway, he went up to pray. And he said, Father, if there's any will, let this cup pass. If there's any way, let this cup pass for me. In other words, this assignment, this going to the cross. Father, if there's any way that, 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 that you, can do, you can do what you want to do without me having to die and be tortured and going to the cross and being separated from you. This is what he really, really uh, didn't want. He wasn't comfortable with doing the separation from God because he was going to take on the sins of mankind. God cannot, cannot look at sin. Therefore, God was, in essence, turning his back on Jesus when he was on the cross, taking the sin of mankind. Jesus did not want that separation because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. From the very, very beginning, from all of eternity, Jesus was always with his father. He did not want that separation. So he's praying to God, Heavenly Father, if there's any way that this job, this assignment can pass for me, you know, is, is any way possible, let it be done. But he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, and that's what he's saying here. Okay, for I came out from heaven not to do mine own will, but to do the will of Him that sent me. Okay, and again, it gets back to that will thing again. What if Jesus Christ, by some wow, remote, remote, remote chance, what if He decided to not go to the cross? Where would we be? Amen, amen, amen. But Jesus was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. The Word is Jesus Christ. So he gave into not my will, Father, but your will. And that's where, again, we need to be. Not my will, Father, but your will, Father. Okay, okay. This job, this job, I mean, I would love to, I would love to say yes to that position that they're offering me. I would love to say yes and go in and take that job. But something inside you, Holy Spirit inside of you, does not feel comfortable and is letting you know. And therefore, you feel some discomfort. But because they've dangled a, a, a beefy salary at you, all sorts of perks and so forth like that, the prestige may have been in this position. You know, you want that job and you go and do your will instead of God's will and maybe saying, don't take that position. I have something else in mind for you. 
Okay, and that's something else that God has in mind for you will be a heck of a lot better than this thing that you may be willing to do. Amen. Amen. So not my will, Father, but your will. And that's so hard for us human beings to do is to is to remember that we have to do God's will. Let God's will be done in our lives. It's not always so easy for us to make that decision. Amen. So Jesus said again, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. And this is the father's will, which hath sent me that all that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, meaning God the Father, that everyone which sees the Son, everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. Underline that, please. And believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. He's talking about you, Saint. He's talking about you, Saint. Okay? Okay? And if you're someone that's out there right now that is kind of teetering and tottering about, should I take the plunge? Should I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Should I ask him to come into my life? Should I change my ways and trust Jesus and start living the life that Jesus wants me to live? To live? Then, then Jesus is saying to you today, this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So that's you. That's you. You believe on him. This is what Christmas is about. Amen. Understanding that this is why Christmas is. Okay, this is why Christmas is. <laughs> Great English, right? Right. But this is why why Jesus Christ was born. Okay, so that he could take this whole process, this whole plan, and execute it, and execute it with precision. I might add, he could take God's plan, God's will, and execute it on this planet Earth with precision, so that you could be born to your parents to be what God wants you to be, so that you can spend eternity with God in heaven, amen? So that you can be cleansed of all sins and unrighteousness, so you can turn your life around and, 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 and stop being the tail, you know, and be the head, you know? So you can turn your life around and stop being vanquished all the time, but be victorious in the things that you do and the things that you want to achieve, amen? He goes on to say here in verse number 41, the uh, Jews, the, the Jews which murmured at him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They didn't like him saying that I am the bread that came down, came down from heaven. So they started murmuring amongst themselves. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Now they say, now this is a guy that we knew from the neighborhood. We know his mother and father. In other words, they're looking at his humanity. They're looking at the fact that he was born of a, of a human being, of a mother and father. Okay, okay, they're not taking into account count that 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 Jesus' mother, you know, was overshadowed by Holy Spirit, and this was an immaculate conception, as it's called. They're not they're not even thinking about that. But we knew him. You know, he lives down the block. He used to live down the block. Now he's saying saying that that he was sent from heaven, and that and that he's the that he he's the bread which came down from heaven. Okay, so Jesus knew what 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 they were doing. So Jesus therefore answered verse forty three and saith unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. In other words, stop the whispering and everything among yourselves. Verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Underline that. There's another bombshell, okay? No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him, okay? So if you're a born-again believer in everything, okay, the reason that you came to Jesus, the reason that you uh, came to Jesus was because the Father, the Father was drawing you to him, okay? Okay? No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. Okay, so 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 God was wooing you. God was wooing you, you know. And and I really I, and and I say this with the utmost you know respect for those that are out evangelizing people and 
and bringing people to the Lord, you know, but um, so many times I have people say, yeah, I went down to the bridge, under the bridge, then was ministering to those people under the bridge and so forth there, and uh, man, oh man, and me and my, me and my little group, you know, we saved, you know, 25 souls, you know, we saved 25 people, you know, you, know, you were an instrument of God. God is the one that did the saving. God was the one that was drawing them through Holy Spirit. Okay, so we have to be careful we don't get so puffed up in ourselves and try to take credit for what God is doing. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Okay, okay. So so people that went up coming to God, God is drawing people. God is trying to woo people. And, you know, God, are, God is trying to woo even the so-called atheists out there, the unbeliever. God is calling them and wooing them because he doesn't want anyone to perish. It's not God's will that, will, will that anyone should perish, okay? But Jesus came out blankly, point blank, said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, okay? So the reason that you came to Jesus Christ, the reason that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior is because God was wooing you. God was calling you through his Holy Spirit, okay? okay? And those of you out there listening to this message that aren't yet born-again believers and, and accepting uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God is calling to you. God is calling to you. It could be that God steered you to this Genesis 1 broadcast sermon. It could be that God steered you here because he's, 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 viewing, he's, he's wooing you. He's calling you to come to him, to accept his son as Lord and Savior. Amen, amen. It says there again, one more time, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, that, um, written in the prophets, they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father comes unto me. Not that any man sees the Father, save he which is of God, he hath, hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, here we are. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat, eat thereof and not die. Okay, so he's talking about something different here now. Okay, okay, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore uh, strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Okay. Now he's thinking here about them physically, like cannibalism or something, eating Jesus' flesh. Jesus' flesh. Okay, whoso uh, whoso eateth either my flesh, uh, I'm sorry, fifty fifty three rather. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of man, of man, eat the flesh of the Son of Man. Excuse me. Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father, so that so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Okay, so Jesus here is making a contrast between physical food, bread that we eat, and spiritual food. Okay, in this case, which is we're talking about the words that Jesus is giving. 
Okay, I remember many many years ago I was <laughs> I was I was in a nursery in church and I was speaking to a, to a woman who was 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 kind of questioning and wondering you know should she get really serious involved with with God and and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and she was telling me that she wasn't a churchgoer that much and everything she just said one thing that turns me off is the fact that I remember going to church and hearing them hearing them from the pulpit the minister up there was talking about about eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood oh that sounded so gory that sounded so gory now she was literally thinking about us sitting down and grabbing on Jesus arm or something and chewing on his flesh and then drinking his blood from his vein you know and and she totally missed the picture she totally did not understand where Jesus was coming from as these Pharisees don't understand either okay so he's separating the difference between physical food Okay, and the food which God is sending from heaven in the form of Jesus Christ, his son. These things said he in, in the synagogue as he taught in, in, in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, you know, who can hear it? Then Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. And he said unto them, does this offend you? What he's saying about the blood and, and, and the flesh. Does this offend you? What, what, what and if you shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. So what you're hearing for, through this message, through the word of God, from the word of God here, is that there's a much deeper spiritual um, existence that is out there. And this is what we need to come to, to know and understand as Christians, as children of God. Okay, The things of this life, uh, of physical food and things like that, that we look at for sustenance, yes, we need that for our physical bodies. But the important things are, are, are the spiritual food. The spiritual food that we eat and that we consume. And, and that, that winds up becoming a part of, we ingest spiritually and it becomes ingrained in a part of our spirits. Amen. Amen. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall, whom shall we go? Thou hast, thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them and said, why, why not have I chosen you twelve? And one of you is the devil. And then, of course, he goes to talk about what Judas was going to do. Amen. But the key verses here are talking about the difference between physical food and spiritual food. Okay. And he wants us to understand that we need to eat of him. In other words, eating of him is absorbing and understanding his word through faith. The contrast between physical food and spiritual food sets the stage for Jesus' statements that we must eat his flesh and drink of his blood. Jesus explains that it is not physical bread that the world needs, but it is spiritual bread. It's spiritual bread. Three times Jesus in scripture identifies himself as that spiritual bread. In John 6, 35, 48, and 51, that we, we just read through. Amen. He expresses that he is that spiritual bread. Three times Jesus identifies himself as that bread, and twice he emphasizes faith, faith, faith. Okay, which is a spiritual action as the key to salvation. 
Amen. Amen. So eating of his eating of his uh, of flesh and drinking of his blood, which is partaking and understanding Jesus word and accepting it by faith, by faith. This is what this is totally consuming Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and expecting and trusting in faith that what Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying is true and that he was sent by God, the father to save us. This was all a part of God's elaborate plan plan. And Jesus was born through the Virgin Mary with precision. Every, every point down to where he was born and where he traveled, where God told Joseph to go to, to go to to, um, to to escape or uh, to escape the persecution, uh, telling him to go during the time of taxation, the census, so to speak. You know, and Herod was trying to, to kill the baby Jesus and so on. So with precision, God executed this plan. Okay, and this is what Christmas is all about. Us also remembering that, you know, you know, it, it, my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. That was verse forty. Verily, verily, I, I say unto you, the one who believes has eternal life. We saw that in verse number forty-seven. When Jesus said that we must eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, uh, He spoke as He often did in parabolic terms. He, he spoke in parables, and, and so we must receive Him by faith. Okay, which is John one twelve. Blessed be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled. Amen. Amen. Read that again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's Matthew five uh, five verse number six. We understand that we need physical food and drink. Jesus wants us to understand that we also need spiritual food and drink. And that is what his sacrifice provides. Amen. This is what's really important. You know, physical food, as I said, excuse me, um, sustains our physical bodies. But the really important thing is the spiritual, our spiritual nature, because our spiritual nature is the true us. Our spiritual nature is the true us. We are spirit beings who reside in a body, reside in the physical body. The physical body that God gives us helps us to, to, to get around and interact and interface with the physical world that's around us. But we are spiritual beings. When this physical body decays and finally dies, which every one of us will have a body that dies, our spirit will indeed continue to go on. And if you're a born-again child believer of God, then you will be with, the, with God in heaven. The Lord, the Word of God says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. So the physical food sustains our physical bodies, the spiritual food, Jesus Christ, sustains our spirit. This is what the, what the meaning of Christmas is all about. This is what it's all about. Amen. Amen. It goes far beyond the gift giving and gift giving and just recognizing the fact that Jesus Christ was born in the, in the manger. So this Christmas, when we celebrate uh, um, um, the Christmas season and the birth of Christ, when we celebrate that, think about the real meaning of his birth. You know, think about that God had a plan in bringing Jesus into the physical realm. And that plan was to bring you to salvation, bring you to salvation. Okay, if you don't yet know Jesus Christ, now is a good time to just simply ask Jesus, Jesus into your life. You'll need a whole lot of big fancy words to say, Lord Jesus, I, I, I want you to come into my life. I welcome you to come into my life, Lord God. I repent of my sins. Um, I, I can't do this on my own. Okay, I give up all sinful habits and ways. You know, I denounce wickedness and, and so forth. Lord Jesus, to simply come into my life. And if you're saying that from your heart, you don't need a lot of fancy words. It's just simply recognizing the fact that Jesus, I know that you are the son of the living God. I know that you are the son of the living God and that you died for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life and just take control. I give it all to you. You know, you don't need, need a bunch of fancy words. But just mean it from your heart. 
Read it from your heart, okay? And this Christmas season, you know, God can give you personally the greatest gift that mankind ever received, okay? And that was his only begotten son. Amen? Amen? This is what Christmas is all about. Amen? So you receive Jesus Christ as a gift to you personally. You receive Jesus Christ this Christmas, right now as a matter of fact, as a gift that God has given you, his son. Amen? So that you and have eternal life. Amen. Amen. And be cleansed of all your sin. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if, if it was, why don't you consider sharing this message with a, a, someone that you know, a family member, a friend, a, even a foe for that matter. God wants that that person to also be saved and to hear the good news, you know. And we can reach that uh, www.genesis1, one word, wwwgenesis one dot, um sermon.net genesis one sermon.net um and at the top of the page there on the right hand side you'll see a subscribe button click on that button and you'll be uh subscribed to these messages so that when they come up you'll automatically be notified amen amen i pray this message was a blessing to you again and i pray that you have a very 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 blessed and merry christmas enjoy it enjoy it with your family and friends and loved ones and uh, um, just enjoy yourself in the lord amen let us pray Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord. And I pray that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead and moving into Christmas Day, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God, and that we shall reach out and, and, and just and, oh, just be with you during this time, O oh Lord. Not to forget about, you know, you are there in our midst, O oh Lord God. Let this be a wonderful, joyous Christmas season, O oh Lord. And, and we thank you so much for the gift that you've given us, O oh Lord God, in the form of your Son. Lord, we praise you, we magnify thy most glorious name, and uh, I give it to you, all the praise and all the glory, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. All right, praise God, praise God again, Merry Christmas to you, go forth and be blessed, and remember that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to you.